Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Hi, everyone. It's me, famous podcaster Ryan Quintel. Now, if you listen to Pixels Weekly, you know that we enjoy the holidays just as much as you do. That's why this holiday season, we've partnered to offer you a Master Chief Christmas. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever shot it, you'd have eliminated Tango's. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and flag his side. Their mission in regard to Rudolph was to ensure he died. Put simply, A Master Chief Christmas is 216 of your favorite holiday songs recorded by none other than Halo's legendary Master Chief. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about explosives underneath those three banshees. I want Cortana for my own. More than you will ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you. Now, finish this fight. He's a genetically engineered killing machine, and just listen to him slay this next track. Arbiter from a window in the Citadel last night. But rest assured, for our friends who speak in Espanol, there's more. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y feliz edad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. But Master Chief wasn't the only one to get behind the mic. If you pre-order today, you'll receive this special track featuring the grunts. So celebrate the holiday season with us at Pixels Weekly and pre-order a Master Chief Christmas for only $622. Remember, nothing says the holidays more than a man with the personality of a wet rag screaming at you with a rampant AI in his helmet.
2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick. And I'm Davis. And I'm Tyler. Oh, who dat? <laughs> <laughs> this is Pixels Weekly. It's the holiday season. And Stoopy Boo, blah dee do. I don't know the lyrics to this song. And the dab the chimney now. <laughs> Come on, guys. Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it, dude. I don't know what song that was. I like that there's a constant trend now of each intro, Ryan giving us something that we are totally unprepared for. Yeah, <laughs> and then just sort of like gauging our reactions, which are generally just like awkward silence. But I'm sorry if I want to have a real human conversation three seconds before we get into the video game. Talk. This time I'm prepared, dude. Like I have mandarins, and I picked up my advent calendar, and so I'm I'm caught up. <laughs> I'm catching up, so I get three chocolates today because we're December third. What so does mandarins have to do with the holiday Ma- season? Mandarins, they is, go great with seasonal, chocolate. Yeah, and this, it's a seasonal. It's a seasonal fruit. Is it? Mandarins are winter. Mm. I, I think know, in the like I think yeah I think like oranges in general in like Florida for instance are a winter. I think they're always growing, but like in winter they're especially good. I don't know because like, like, like send you like fruit yeah you send Christmas. like fruit baskets for like Christmas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? why did I think that like oranges were like definitely they must feel tropical like a summer sort of thing, right? I mean, in France we get them from Morocco all year long, so I guess. But like, it's really like just a thing of my family to be like, we want a mandarin, and it's not happening in the summer for some reason. <laughs> you want a mandarin? I, my inside. A mandarin sounds like a cool like sidekick in Final Fantasy. A man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On point. Oh, On point man. with the news. Have you guys played Final Fantasy? I own it and have not played it yet. But, uh, oh, that's right. Despite what you've heard so far. By the way, Tyler was not supposed to be on the show today, but he is anyway. So <laughs> Sneak Tyler, attack. The show. <laughs> Sneak attack. I, I like how well, you tell thank everyone Thank you for that. having me, Ryan. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You're yeah. right. I probably didn't have to tell anyone that. but Because I, I'm taking over, and I was like, you know what would be great? Two quintals. Boom. I picked my favorite. You're right. Let's admit something, which is last week, Tyler said that he was going to have some survival game stuff for us, um, and he apparently has prepared a list that I have not seen. Uh, from what I understand, Yannick and Davis have also not seen this list. No. The nope. le- Sandy did get a hold of the leak, and she reported to Kotaku, uh, <laughs> and Kotaku said, who are you guys again? <laughs> and we said... Please said, write about us. We said, <laughs> when we said Pixels Weekly, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, put it on the front page. Uh, oh, oh, the Pixels Weekly. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> yes. So, we are Pixels Weekly, a weekly video game podcast coming out every Monday to make you smile. And on today's show, we're talking about the video game awards, all the different categories, who won, and some interesting observations about those categories, hopefully interesting. (laughs) And uh, we're also turning in our sports homework after long delay. But we start off every episode with what we're playing and what's in the news. It's called The Hodgepodge. What's everybody's hodgepodge? I'll start with a kind of like a twofold thing. One was Nintendo and Universal had a joint announcement of the Nintendo Land that will be coming to all of Universal. There's a Universal Studios park in California, Tokyo, and Orlando. Mm. So that's super exciting because who doesn't want to do real life Mario Kart? Jerks, that's who. Yeah, hmm. yeah Nintendo's and, all about the partnerships these days. Well... It's actually a really good idea because Disney has 
uh, theme park also in Tokyo, and it's mm-hmm. actually changed the way people buy merchandise with mm-hmm. Disney, and it's had a huge influence in the Western markets. So yeah. Nintendo's trying to do the same thing. So when I go to a Nintendo ride, do I get to experience all the different versions of the ride, and then I pay $10 and I get to actually do the ride? <laughs> there are no price details on that yet. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Mario Run joke? I thought it was good. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one that did. Well, I didn't. It's so well. Mario Run is just not priced like any other Nintendo thing. So I think that's why I didn't like make the connection immediately. I did, and I ignored it. <laughs> wow. Told. All right. So, yeah, Nintendo has a theme park now. What do you think? Do you think it's going to be Disneyland quality? Universal, in terms of theme parks, has done a really good job with, like, Harry Potter and the Dr. Seuss themes. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. Harry Potter Land. Is the Harry Potter Land that's near me, right? Isn't there one near the Bay Area? Is it in L.A. or is it in, like, I thought it was, I don't remember where it is, but there's one near here that people rave about. And I don't know if that's Universal or not, but I'm assuming it is because they have that partnership. Yeah, it is Universal. And it is in the, it's... I think in L.A. County. Gotcha. Uh, That's still only like a four or five hour drive. So I think like there's a lot of people I know around here that go to that and, and rave about it. Yeah, so it's good. The other thing is Capcom Cup, which is esports related. Is I love esports. It's been really exciting for the fighting game community because it, it's there have been a lot of huge upsets. All the top players, all the premier players have been knocked out and they're not in the top eight. The top eight, no one saw for this. So it's actually really exciting and we got a trailer for marvel versus capcom infinite i i I gotta say it'd be interesting to know what disneyland is i mean they're creating those new worlds and we had star wars last year we have nintendo what can like what can we expect i feel like we're on a on the strategy that 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 will pay off in my opinion but it's really interesting we see new franchise coming up um yeah and i think the reason why universal partnered up with nintendo is because they may be losing the marvel ips themselves Mm. so it is like disney will be bringing marvel styles rides and characters to the parks it's starting in 2017 the tower of terror is being converted to a guardians of the galaxy themed ride and you can already see them here so they are converting the tower of terror <clears throat> the one in gone. California. It's be a Guardians the one in California. Galaxy. Okay, so not the one in Orlando. Not the one in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one I feel like is iconic. Like mm-hmm. I go to MGM just for that ride. Yeah. And the thing is, they try everything out in California and then implement it in the other parks. Yeah. But I guess I what's a little bit thing... lame is that it's still the same ride. They're just like rebranding it. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's just like you're still on the <laughs> same mechanical like up and down tower ride. It's just like instead of looking at like an old hotel, you're looking at uh, Gardens of the Galaxy like memorabilia, as opposed to them like building an actually new an actual like new ride. Unless they're just like trying to test the IP and see if it sells. I think they're testing it out. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, but I do not at all understand how people have such a deep affection for oh, it. Blasphemy, Ryan! Blasphemy. That's one of the greatest movies to come out in the last 10 years. Raccoons. Really? I feel like the whole setup to the movie is like, it's a cancer person. Feel sad. Feel it. Why aren't you feeling it yet? And then it's just like a a video game movie sequence for two hours. And I just like, I was like, I, I think all the individual, I think there's a lot of things about the individual character, uh, specifically of like 
Groot, I guess people seem to love Groot so much, even though he doesn't say yeah. or mm. do anything. Mm. And like the what's the main guy's name? Star Boy? Peter Star Lord Quill. Star Lord. I'm a fucking Star Lord. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking Star Lord. I'm a motherfucking Star Lord. So I'll tell you what it is. It is a disdain for the rinse and repeat Civil War, Ant-Man, Avengers crap that Marvel is producing these days. And a need for something that's not trying to be overly dark and gritty and real. And something that's just fun and different. Aesthetically, that movie is brilliant. The music in that movie will absolutely resonate with people who love just generally good like 70s pop and rock music. And it's funny. It's a comedy more than a, an action movie. or It's just so non-traditional Marvel. And it's a story that most people don't already know. I don't. I definitely didn't really know much about the comics before that movie came out. And so for me, at least, it was just like refreshing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I almost wonder if like it benefits through contrast. Like if you don't have it surrounded by a spate of superhero origin stories... Yeah. If it just seems kind of like, okay, it's just another one of these things. I don't know. I just feel like when I left seeing that movie in the theaters, I just remember feeling like it was so much fun. Like I, I've been to the, the, the movies in recent years and had great experiences and had like emotional experiences where I see something like action packed and like heart pounding or see something emotional or serious and, and I'm moved by it. But this was like the first time in a long time where when I went and saw that movie in the theater, I left. I was like, God, that was a fun two hours. That was just a, a blast. Like I laughed. I was excited by what was going on on screen. Um, so I don't know. I definitely share the same sentiment that the people that go wild over that movie for. Like I'm really pumped about the second one. Enough to replace the Tower of Terror? <laughs> well, it's it's in, it's in California, like, and yeah. California doesn't really have. I don't even know if California had one. Yeah, you Cal- did say, but you did say that California telegraphs what could happen to Orlando. They, they test things out there, so it's not. It's where they test new technologies for, I guess, New York technologies, new IPs, and it's California doesn't have the space that Orlando has. So Disneyland is kind of the umbrella corp. Uh, <laughs> Disney Corporation. Yeah, kind I mean, of, if, if you think got about some it, new zombies are rolling out there. They <laughs> have some new viruses. There's one, two, three, four, five Disneylands, and one Disney World. Mm. So it's kind of it's kind of that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, they have like smaller market satellite areas where they can test stuff before they move them into like the canonical Disney World in Orlando, which is the most magical place on earth. That is a fact. Yeah, and people have already upset that they're changing that one, and they've put so much time and money into the one in Orlando. I don't think that one will change in the next, like, five, ten years. Nice. Cool. I'll go next. So, have you guys ever heard of this game, um, No no, no Man's Sky? Ooh, me! So, some man's sky? Somebody's sky? There's, well, a, there's, a, sky. there's a man in, in, in the sky? Um, yeah, No Man's Sky. Uh, after months and months of silence from them... Post-launch, uh, understandably so. We've talked a lot about it on the show, but No Man's Sky reached, uh, 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 was hit with some of the harshest criticisms that I think a video game in history has ever been hit with post-launch. Uh, they were sued for false advertising uh, by uh, a firm in, in the United Kingdom about some of their marketing material leading up to the launch of the game and the fact that the game didn't actually include a whole lot of the stuff that they, quote, said it would. 
Um, so side note, actually, that uh, the, the ruling on that on that lawsuit came out and, and they're totally clear. Uh, they're not going to be hit with any charges for that. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. So uh, they finally, after months of silence, uh, have come out with their first major update to the game. Uh, it's patch 1.1 and they call it the foundation update. It's uh, mm. the foundation of things to come, as they say. Um, so I don't know that this patch is going to be enough to bring a whole lot of people back, especially the ones who were so like violently against it. But there are people like me, and I definitely know you, Ryan, who sit in the camp of like, hmm, there are definitely some legs on this game. And if they could just like tweak a few things here and there, I could put some more hours into it. Um, and I think that that's what this patch is going to hopefully like, like, like do for them. As poisoned as the name of that game might be, I think that, that this might be the thing to do it. Um, so just to kind of like quickly gloss over some of the uh, the updates that this foundation update includes, um, they added uh, an option of game modes. So instead of just one traditional track of like space exploration, which a lot of people criticize for being very like bland and vague, there are now like objective game modes where you can either play quote the original game mode, which is like sort of like trying to find the center of the the galaxy while you sort of like upgrade yourself along the way. Um, or you can play on the other end of the spectrum, a survival mode, which is more um, uh, harsher uh, adversity against your person, your character, as you sort of like travel around and your likelihood of like dying or, 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 or facing enemies uh, or harsh landscapes is increased. And then there's creative mode, which is sort of like their attempt at like a Minecraft uh, sort of mode where you can be as creative as you want without any uh, risk of enemies or dying or losing anything. And the idea there is to facilitate the next huge part of the update, which is base building. Um, so a lot of people criticize the game for not having a whole lot to do and that the environments on the planets were not very interesting and not really understanding quite like where they were supposed to be taking their character throughout the universe. And so they've added base building where you can basically pick a home planet and use a construction mechanism similar to kind of how the one in Fallout 4 works, where you can sort of expand like the physical space that is your home base, and you can like add vendors inside of it, and different aliens will come and like hang out in your base and upgrade stuff for you and sell it and whatnot. Hey, wait a second, Tyler, this is starting to turn into a game that you'd like. Yeah, honestly, like we'll get to it obviously <laughs> when we talk about Homer the survival stuff, but yeah, Tyler, so there is this like survival mode, which is. Uh, probably along those lines i've heard it is very harsh like i have not yet gotten a chance to jump back into the game but i've heard that the survival mode is like really really tough yeah there are um, some people that apparently are in like no win states yeah. of like a cycle of just they're a little too far away from their ship and they just yeah. don't have enough stuff to get there and they're dying 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 dying. yeah i heard that they were adding base building and i actually looked into the game after i heard that that was an update and i think i'm gonna wait Till probably a couple more updates to see what comes with the base building and yeah. if they add a few more things that seem like they'll make the game change a little bit more dramatically then i'll probably actually pick that game up yeah the, i think the general thing they were going for was trying to add more objective to the game more things to do motivation to perform actions and take your your character different places they added freighters uh which are like large ships that you can buy for like seriously large amounts of money um in-game money obviously um and uh and you can uh, acquire more storage with these freighters so there was a lot of criticism God, about you just like, unlock something for me which is can you imagine if they charged if they wanted real <laughs> yeah, money for right oh stuff? god so uh, so side note again. yes this entire update is free and they have mentioned that it's one of gonna of what's going to be a series of free updates as i think they rightly should um i think that like there's a lot of criticism about the fact that that thing costs 60 bucks up front uh, and I think that they're trying to like pay it forward uh, with some of their customer base that's still hanging on. 
Uh, then a bunch of other little improvements, uh, new plants, resources, tweaks to the uh, procedural generation algorithm, uh, UI improvements. Those ones I'm actually most interested in. Those are like the little things that I really pay attention to. The UI in that game yeah. to me was busted. Um, Quick like recharge really of the guns, stacking yeah. Yeah. items. Oh, my God. How badly did that game need to be able to stack item? Yeah. So, you know, my general takeaway is I'll take a peek at it. I don't think this is going to be the thing that draws me in for like several more hours, but I think if I can dive in for an hour, have a positive experience with what they've put in there, then if they continue to release these updates, they're going to continue to gain my trust and I may come back. Although I do truly believe that a vast majority of their original customer base will never touch that game again. It's just a, a, a poisoned, tainted IP at this point. They try to catch up. You know, they're trying to save it. And uh, it's fun to me that we, we talk about it a lot, DLCs, updates, the fact that games are not shipped uh, fully, and this is one perfect example, and it has lied to their customers. I'm trying to save it. I mean, same thing with the division with their great DLC. Although division is a little bit more to blame because they pay. You have to pay for that little modification that apparently makes it great. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't I, think it makes people buy it again. It just makes people that bought it already come back and have a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, of their money worth. Yeah. Worth I it. I don't think the division shared the same level of emptiness that this that that No Man's Sky shipped with. I don't necessarily dis. I have a lot of disdain for the division, but it's not because I think they shipped an unfinished game. It's because I think they shipped a bad game. Whereas with No Man's Sky, I truly do believe that, like at its core, there is something foundationally interesting there that could blossom into a really interesting game that I would come back to over and over again. But I do feel like what they shipped with was an unfinished product. It's really tough, right? Like, and we can go on and on about what what qualifies a game as quote finished um you know this is software these are games that can live you know be living games now where they can constantly be updated so i don't necessarily know you can like quite put an objective evaluation of finish but i really do think no man's sky was unfinished and understandably mm-hmm. so like i i really i don't necessarily put a lot of blame on the developers like a lot of critics critiques or critics do excuse me um i think that they were in, in, in you know pressured way beyond their capacity um but I, I appreciate them continuing to add free content to the game to bring it to that finished state. Yeah, you know what? It, it, my feelings of talking about The Division 2, I enjoyed 99% of what The Division had at launch, and then I got to the end game and was like, okay, there's nothing to do here. Like, if that if The Division had been a story-based game... Which it was for the first five point, minutes. Right, exactly. That's what killed if it had me. been like an entire story-based game, then I think it actually would have been a better game in my estimation yeah but it's we could this is my classic line we could do a whole episode about this Mm -hmm. but there at some point we're gonna have to rectify the way that games are marketed and talked about by developers because we are hitting this point where fairly quote-unquote big games are coming out and people's expectations or interpretations of what they think the game is are not matched with what the developer has built yeah. And it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly at this point why that is other than like marketing marketing wants you to pre-order a game so they're going to tell you whatever they can tell you to get you to pre-order a game and everything is in service of that. And so then you have a bunch of people that buy something without knowing yes. what they're buying. Well, and there's also seemingly for the longest time been no uh negative consequences for uh, those people then receiving like a, a bad game that they're not satisfied with. Like the the big studios that are producing these AAA games that are like uh, incorrectly marketed for the sake of pre-orders, they, they don't ever feel the brunt of the negative consequences of doing that. I know I can only speak for myself, but I really do think No Man's Sky is, the, is a game changer on that front. 
I think the reaction to that game was so strong that I do not think the big players are going to get away with it anymore. I know, like, for me, for instance, I have not touched Final Fantasy yet. I have not even remotely thought about touching The Last Guardian yet. And those are decisions that I have made as a result of what happened with No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. I, I like that that feeling of just like, oh, I really wish I didn't pay sixty bucks for this right now. At least that feeling is just like one that that was so bad. And I think maybe that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's definitely the biggest and most notable one. And I think like maybe that in combination with I probably bought the division around the same time and had a similar reaction. And, and that was where I was just finally like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, but sometimes it's like a pre-order bonus that, that they get you with. Like if you <laughs> buy the game, then not you get surprised this. That- and if it's cross, like cross franchises, uh, which we can talk about later, so I don't skip ahead. But <laughs> it's, but it's pretty much like if you buy this, you get you get a skin, you get this, and you get this for another game. They're not even. It's not false marketing. It's by the way, you give us your money early, we'll give you some perks. You know, like yeah. come on. It's it's like you want you want a number one. I'll give you a number one and a milkshake. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I mean, at some point, too, we have to start. I don't feel like the gaming public has been critical enough about what these pre-order incentives have been. A lot of them, as we know, are things that a lot of times break the beginning of a game by making you a little bit too overpowered at the beginning of a game, but then become a useless item later on, or there are things that are a cosmetic, which is really how important is that to you? And if the cosmetic is super important to you and the way you're invested in this character is important to you, then maybe you shouldn't be that upset if the game doesn't quite do what you want. Like, okay, you got your cosmetic, yeah. you got the thing. It's that like you, pick you your know. priorities. Right. I wrote that blog post on the site, like, we get the games we deserve. Like, nothing is going to change until consumers vote with their dollars, right? Exactly. Like, Bethesda says, we're not going to send anyone pre-review cop. Okay. Don't pre-order Bethesda again, and then Bethesda will stop doing that. <laughs> you know, they'll go, oh, I guess we need people to find out what our games are before they come out. Yeah. Although at, at this point, somebody like Bethesda is not really doing much other than sequels. Yeah. Right. So there's, you know, it's like you don't have to see a review of a Marvel movie. You know exactly what it's going to be. Exactly. Like and was it Guardians point. of the Galaxy? <laughs> Unless it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so to, to to quickly wrap up my hodgepodge, um, Ryan has been uh, fantastic in generating some some written content for our site. So uh, if you want to learn more about the foundation update for No Man's Sky, you can just head over to pixelsweekly.com, which is also where you can listen to all of our podcast episodes, uh, and go to our read section. And uh, there's an article titled, This Changes Everything. Uh, no Man's Ooh. Sky reinvents itself, and uh, definitely give that a read. Ryan did a great job of putting together some uh, some not information. The only person that has to do plugs. Thank you so much, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes I feel like a commercial machine on this stupid show. <laughs> um, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, check out the blog. It's cool. I'll do my hodgepodge next. It's I've got two super quick things and a thing that we'll go into a little bit more. Uh, the first one is. Uh, not video game related this season of the walking dead is a complete pile of trash you're still watching (laughs) really my my girlfriend was gone in dc and she doesn't watch the show and i've watched every season of the show every episode of the show and so i've had every episode of the season thus far queued up in my itunes um to watch and i just barreled through them in two evenings and every episode i was like 
this is bad. All right. <laughs> this is so much worse than it possibly ever could have gotten. I mean, you're preaching to the choir with regards to me. I have never understood the immense fascination with that show. There have been moments, small strings of episodes in the first few seasons that I enjoyed. The first, you know, honestly, the first season was pretty great. I'll, I'll, I think I'll the first start season there. Was a the very first season was really good. But it it you know, started going down when they went on the farm. Yes. Yeah. And it and that that game. That's when or, I excuse me. Watching. That 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 show has, in my opinion, suffered from what I think Lost suffered from, which is introducing too large a cast of characters that are meaningless that I don't care about, that are also just like really poorly cast and really bad actors and actresses. Yes. And that 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 show has just always been in a steady decline for me. Um, I think I stopped watching right around when. They escaped that place where the people were eating all the humans. Like, they were, like, slitting their throat like cattle. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That I sort think of, there was yeah. two or three seasons. Yeah, anyways, ago. I stopped watching after that, but uh, not surprised to hear that. Um, I would say that the show got a little bit... They started to find their footing after they finally killed uh, the governor. Spoiler alert for people that care about the show. I didn't think we were going to get into this as much, but uh, they started picking it up again, but, like... This season, they've just, they're not spending any time with the core characters. They're not developing any of the new characters, save for tiny little two minute character moments and going, come on, you got to care about these new people too, so we can kill them. And you feel something. Um, it's just, and every episode's been a slog. So um, if this continues, uh, this will be the last time I watch a season of The Walking Dead. So congratulations, AMC, for. Running something into the ground. It doesn't uh, matter. Second, People are still watching, and, and the comic is still ongoing, so they're making their money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, vote where your dollars, people. In this case, your eyeballs. I mean, I just heard about the first episode being like, "Yo," but I feel like the only emotion now, and I've also dropped the show. I've, I've I haven't caught up. I think I'm just. A season behind but the only thing that people are really reacting about is when they make someone die um yeah it, well it, yeah exactly yeah. so like there's no actual like substance to the progression of that story or that show's story it's just like a game of like who's still alive i feel like that's what a zombie apocalypse would be like though like let's let's start taking bets he's gonna he's gonna die this time you know yeah i just like i i, I do really have yeah. uh a fond memory of that first season and just like make the damn show about rick I just want to watch a first, show about Rick. Like, I, the whole yeah, show exactly. should just be Rick. Like, the first episode, right, even suggested things in that show of, like, the zombies may remember something of being alive. And Rick has a, he has a fucking baby. Like, what does it mean to have a child in this world? Like, we don't explore it at all. The baby is just set decoration that, like, every once in a while has to deal with, oh, crying and zombies at the same time. Isn't that tough? Spoilers. Anyway, I don't think the baby got, lives in the comic. No, this, the baby does not live. Uh, yeah. In fact, in the comic, Lori, the mother, gets shot in the head, falls, and crushes the baby, mm-hmm. uh, which is completely brutal. And if they were going to do it on TV, that would have been amazing. Uh, but AMC's got no balls. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. We spent too much time on that. The second thing is I bought Final Fantasy. haven't played it yet, so I'll, I'll talk more about it. Uh, hopefully next week when I do play it. But what I did do is <laughs> made the huge mistake of watching the movie. <laughs> huge mistake. Oh, no. So I oh hold on. So I, I thought the I, movie was just cutscenes. Like if you like watching cutscenes, watch the movie. And everyone's telling me mm. I should watch the Final Fantasy movie. 
All right, yeah, because so I read I read something, and I, I said earlier that I haven't touched Final Fantasy yet, but I will be picking it up. It, it it has gotten some pretty stellar reviews so far. Also, you can read Ryan's review roundup of Final Fantasy at pixelsweekly.com. Plug a, number two. Um, oh my God, did but, he pay you for something, or like do you owe him shit? Or but, uh, did he get you a really nice birthday present? But I I, 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 hold on, I just want to check. It's, I just want to check. Tyler, are you here? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just listening. To get back to the movie, I did read something that suggested that if you wanted to get really invested in the story in Final Fantasy, which seems to be its shining, you know, uh, the, 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 the best part of the game, uh, go watch the anime and that movie. There's like an anime series and there's that movie. And if you go oh, watch wow. the two of those together, you'll be set up and primed for having a really great experience with it. Well, here's three points about the movie. Number one, I admire their dedication to continuously trying to make these Final Fantasy movies because they do visually get better and better and better. Now they're at the point where everybody looks pretty much real, uh, with the exception of animation of mouths and certain body motions just are completely uncanny valley, unnatural. It just has too smooth, too uh, mechanical of human motions human humans move in a very sporadic twitchy unexpected way that just computers have not been able to capture yet uh next or at least computers at this budget um you know in this time frame that this movie was made the next thing is sound design honestly in this movie i think is extremely poor like and what i mean by that is They've got all the sound, like they might be in like a great hall and they've got all the sound effects to like suggest that, but like the people's voices might as well be on a podcast. Everybody is like super compressed, super in the front of the mic. Like it sounds like people talking into microphones, not people. Well, is it dubbed? Because it's a Japanese game. I mean, if it is dubbed, then. And I don't, they, I don't know enough about dubbing and sound design in a game. move to the English words okay. and. <laughs> And they've got like Aaron Paul, Lena Headley, and Sean Bean doing voices. Gotcha. So, and they've made like a big deal about those celebrities being it. And the next is the plot essentially stops 20 minutes into this one hour and 20 minute affair mm. in favor of literally an hour of battle sequences. And it is exhausting by the end of it. Yeah. It is, a, a, it's a spectacle, no doubt, but like literally plot stops advancing in the movie for just battle sequences. Yeah, I think if I was like a kid who was like, yeah, Final Fantasy, I'd be like, whoa, look at those monsters. Whoa, look at these guys. Whoa, sick moves. But like, you're like, okay, is this, the story's actually done? And now <laughs> it's just this? Uh, here's the thing. Final Fantasy is a video game you can go buy I, and, and it'll let you fight instead of watching <laughs> other people fight. Um, all right, so there's that. And then finally, I'm still playing Pokemon. It's still really good. Uh, I think I'm going to put it on pause in favor of Final Fantasy um, just because I'm going to bring Pokemon home with me over the Christmas break and um, play it actually a 3DS on the go like it was intended to be played. <laughs> As opposed to just kind of sitting on my couch going, ooh, I wish this was on a bigger screen. <laughs> Um, just wait, dude. Nintendo. Just, just, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> I know. March. Uh, so that is my three. 
Oh, oh, uh, yeah. By the way, Pokemon has got me to the point where I spent uh, an hour and a half trying to catch a Pichu. What's a Pichu? Is that like a, Did you get a Ruckruff? Is that like a Pikachu or is it just like half the size? It's a, a Pichu evolves into a Pikachu. Gotcha. I didn't know Pikachu had yes. a previous state. He didn't before when he was originally introduced. But doesn't he evolve into Raichu? Yes. So a lot of Pokemon now have like a previous state. Like God, my my Pokemon knowledge. The, a new one is Munchlax. And Munchlax, Munchlax becomes Snorlax. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so assuming he eats a lot. <laughs> and then takes a nap and becomes Snorlax. Yep. Sounds about <laughs> How right. How good is that? Oh, and by the way, Pokemon Snap is just secretly built into the game. Yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's not full Pokemon Snap. I'm not like on rails, uh, or at least not yet. But uh, I'm taking pictures of Pokemon and getting points like, nice one. Mm-hmm. And like, you got four nice ones. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool, fine. <laughs> What's next? All right, that's my hodgepodge. Oh, this part is short. I built a PC this weekend. Woo! <laughs> Drop the mic. We all own the same console now, technically. Drop the mic. So, yeah, it's good for the show. I wanted to do that also. I had in mind the people that listen to us, and I feel frustrated sometimes not to be able to share your experiences um maybe it will let me do a little bit more video uh, content as well um because i've been mainly working with the only laptop that my company gladly just leaves me at my in my apartment um and it hasn't you been shouldn't cool keep saying working that. you're gonna on, get hooli. and it has been it has been yeah it has been just like you know i'm not i'm not even doing anything illegal on, on this thing anymore um Oh, I mean, like I used to with my personal computers, so it's fine. But just like keeping my keeping my own like Yannick bears all this yeah, week no, and picks this week, you know, the confessions of a criminal. No, it's just and so it's it's great. But like I I went through phases. I'm, I want to thank personally Ryan Quintal for uh, hopping out of his shower. There's nothing nothing under that. He was just like available mm. right there for me late. 2 a.m. Eastern, so it was 11 p.m. Ryan Quintal is a PC building guru. He's Side the kick. Gandalf of building <laughs> PCs. So I'm obviously super pumped to have you on the PC platform now. And now all four of us can play great games together. Great games we and will we talk about. We can finally talk them into going back to WoW. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. um, exactly. I'm not doing that ever. But So Yannick, I uh, did not receive your cry for assistance until this morning because my phone was not with me. And so... I am curious, especially based on my recent experience in the last few months when, when I built my PC a few months ago with Ryan, I'm curious, what were the uh, the biggest points of trouble? Like, what, what did you have to troubleshoot in your building process? And does it match up with what I had to do? Well, I mean, yeah, the, just the only presence of Ryan uh, troubleshot <laughs> my trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, he's, he's only, he went on a call and I was just getting my uh, a dark screen when I put all the parts together. So mm-hmm. what I did first and what I recommend people doing uh, because of all, because of how all the cases are, are, are you know, are built. Um, I, I mounted all the parts on a motherboard um, outside of the case and yep. um, feed them with power from the power supply and test it out from there. And, um, I, it, I didn't really panic at that point. Everything was was turning itself on. I just had a dark screen on my on my uh, on my monitor, mm-hmm. so I didn't. You know, I was like, ah, there might be a problem, but at least the power supply is you know supplying everything. You know, mm-hmm. if there is something wrong, it has to be the parts that I can easily access. So I'm just gonna go ahead with it. It was already midnight. I mean, it was like kind of me 
uh, going from user guides to user guides to YouTube yeah. videos and and trying to find someone that has the same case, but then they always have a different motherboard. Like that's that's one end of a of a tough time that I had, and uh, you know, especially when you don't have the confidence. If people out there are look are are listening and are uh, attempting to build their first PC soon, you know, just know that the 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 main problem that you're gonna face is yourself, just not knowing and like the confidence. And there's a lot of stuff on this motherboard. Like for example, I, without even noticing, while being focused and wide awake, I I fed I I connected the power supply of the CPU to the sh to the chassis fan, which are kind of next to each other on my motherboard and probably s other similar boards. Um, but I. I didn't even have a hard time. People were, everybody was like freaking out about the fact that I had to mount that third party uh, CPU cooler. And I, mm -hmm. I had a, I had a chill time about it. It yeah. was just, you just so when your screen, a little bit precautious. So when your screen but, went black, what ended up being like the first, the first so problem yeah, that you solved? Yeah. So I went on that black screen nightmare again when everything was in the case. And okay. uh, at that time it was way later. The case had a, you know, the case progression, like mounting progression was kind of smooth. I, I, you know, I but the instructions on it were actually good, and I found a good mm -hmm. video about my case. Whatever, it, it went smoothly. Uh, I just had to stop. I, I meant to record my mounting video with my iPhone, and that thing just kind of like freaked me out because uh, I tried to talk about it, and I was just like, "All right, first of all, in this room, yeah, you got to focus on that." I didn't have enough light, and second, I need more light, so I moved to the living room with more space and just more air in general. I felt clustered and anxious, you know, so <laughs> I just stopped the recording and I, I I feel sorry. I have some audio recording from when I went to the, I don't know if you want to put, I don't know if you've listened to that, Ryan, but it's like some material that I can put on the website. <laughs> it's it's sure. funny. I did some like, I went to Micro Center all this, I mean, this week I did my shopping all last week and went to Micro Center, pick up some really good deals on Monday, yeah. Cyber Monday. All right, let's and, focus uh, here. What was the black screen? <laughs> yeah, the black screen was nothing. I literally um, turned it on. There was a black screen. I put the USB with my um, with the ISO Windows 10 in it. Mm -hmm. I restarted it, and it booted up and showed me the installation step for Windows 10, literally. I, I just had Ryan on the call. It's like, what am I doing? It's like, well, check, you know, ch check the connections of your graphic card because... My HDMI was properly connected. Yeah. So nothing really happened. It was kind of like... So that's it? All, all you had to do was a single restart? That's it. That's impressive. No, no don't forget about the hard drive thing. Well, yeah. Well, then the hard drive was kind of another <laughs> thing that I... That it was kind of like, yeah. I have to mention Somebody the hard drive. Somebody didn't plug in their SSD. So first of all, yeah, the hard drive was like... <laughs> it's always the problem. It's like, did you plug I, I, I keep in? doing everything yeah. and nothing will stick. I can't save anything. <laughs> yeah, so... But it was easy to detect. It was just like... You know how between the SSD, the SSD kind of like slides onto the case. Um, it has its own sliders that you mount onto the SSD and then that thing goes into the, the, the chassis itself. And you go ahead and plug the, the connector to the motherboard and connector to the power supply. And the connector to the power supply slide under. But because I was blindly plugging it in, it kind of like did a click and mounted exactly like the... I didn't see that it was actually not plugged in at all. It was kind of like plugged <laughs> under, like slid under under it between the chassis and the ssd and uh so it, it, you know it was not the partition was not available when i wanted to set it up it was only my um my hard drive um i'll post the the the, the pc part breaker permalink of my build by the way on the on the show notes or somewhere if you want ryan uh, if people are interested what my build is because it gets tricky to list all that so, and so what's funny here yeah. is 
your one of your biggest areas of troubleshooting and one of mine were both just that we hadn't plugged things in enough. So I yeah. had an issue that Ryan and I can pretty we can't know for sure because we did move the RAM sticks from one slot to another. But yeah. we were pretty yeah. sh- we were having issues where clearly there was something wrong with the memory. And yeah. we moved from one slot to another and it seemed to fix the problem. But we also sort of think that maybe we hadn't pushed it in all the way on the previous slots that they were in. So, mm-hmm. word of advice, listeners, if you're building yourself a PC, it seems like the biggest thing that's going to hold you up is just not plugging things in enough. So just give them an extra push, a little more effort, a little more force, and just make sure they're in there. Yeah, I heard a lot of video <laughs> where they're like, it's the difference between the monkey, what is it, the monkey and the gorilla, the monkey and the gorilla pushing or whatever. When you screw something in, make sure you always do it the monkey way. Just, you know, screw it in, but don't don't force it. <laughs> I saw a tutorial yeah, about the no motherboard idea. when you when you plug in the CPU cooler and if you screw things too harshly well, with screws, yeah, style, with screws you definitely don't want yeah. to do it too hard because then they'll yeah. be stuck and you'll lose the threading and whatnot. But as far as like plugging things in to stuff, there's there's gorilla. clicks, there's sounds, there's plug there's things, things you should like feel gorilla, when it happens. Screw things like a monkey. Exactly. Screw things no, like I a know. monkey. And the experience that I looked at because I probably haven't seen a, a the inside of a PC gave me on of my own. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen the inside of a motherboard for like ages now. I can't remember. The last time I saw a PC of, of mine, you know, getting like where I changed my memory was during World of Warcraft era, like 2008 or something. And I have to say, it's way more convenient now. Um, yes, it's way so, more convenient. How do you like Windows? Yeah, that's first question. Well, I mean, I'm today. I'm, I'm it's my first day. It's no big deal. The the thing that bugs me, yeah, the thing about Windows is just like. If you look at Windows and Mac, I don't know, the fonts when I browse yeah. through things are like horrible. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. That, why is there such a difference? My, my monitor is... That operating system's inability to smooth yeah. fonts is absolutely mind-blowing. It's like the, the font looks like shit. Um, but the rest of it, I just installed Overwatch. I installed Use of the Storm. So my only... my own, <laughs> It's funny, we're making fun of that with Ryan, actually. Like, oh, I'm, I'm starting up and oh, updates and restart. So you kind of want to create those restart train. <laughs> Yeah. Download all the software yeah. that require yeah. restart and then put put them all <laughs> together and do one big restart that makes you feel good about yourself. So um, uh, biggest question, you said that you've installed a couple of games. First game that you've played? No, I haven't played any yet. What will be the first game that you'll play? It'll probably be Overwatch. Woohoo! It has to be. Um, it's like it's, a, it's, like it's a, a really important game that people care about or something. Yeah, with the with the graphic card is really good. Um, I got a Watch Dogs two for free with that, so I'm yeah, gonna, nice. Oh, that's I'm cool. I'm gonna play that and talk about it on the show eventually uh, in the in the next couple of weeks. So be on oh. the lookout for that. Everything is really I'm really happy with it. I still actually have my tower next to me not closed completely. I still have to do some cable management, but overall I feel like I did a good job. And yeah, the the memory problem that you said, people out there sometimes don't don't. My my only advice, my conclusion: don't look at YouTube. Just look at them. Just look at them. The installation guide of the motherboard, and and uh, and you just you have to read. That's the annoying part. But um, it is it is helpful. You, you just have, have to take to time. Read. And it's like the <laughs> the memory standards um, are pretty much the motherboard is going to tell you how to put the memory properly to have the full capacity. Um, yeah. And 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I was scared and was anxious and tired, and then at three, everything booted up, and you know, I kind of like that sense of relief at the end is is kind of it's kind of nice. Um, oh, I think we have another. You know, what's funny is I was gonna oh, say sorry. I was gonna I, say I, I think we have say. another source of income for you here, Ryan. Live PC build support. <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> we'll make it available on pixelsweekly.com. You can purchase it for $100 an hour, uh, which actually feels cheap, but depending on the hour of the day that I'm asked to do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and y- Yannick, it's so funny that you said that too, because Yannick told me last night as uh, we were talking on FaceTime together, he goes, yeah, so I was at work saying to, uh, you, you work with my brother Curtis and you were saying to him, uh, oh yeah, I'll definitely be on tonight. Like, what do you want to play? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You weren't going to yeah. be on tonight. Nope. <laughs> Building a PC is an yeah. all night thing. Yeah. Six hours. Took me six hours. Everything together and then like installing installing everything, six hours. Um, yeah, it was just like being very precautious. I, w- I was willing to take time and I think that's the key. Yeah, I was going to say, you took your time and, and you did it, you know. It tw- I mean, you basically had, even the black screen thing was not a big deal once I just got on FaceTime with you and you were like, oh, okay, that's our game. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. hit that hard drive mm-hmm. snag. All right, uh, Tyler, what do you got for us, bud? Do you have any hodgepodge? Um. I gotta say, it's the same as last week. I've been playing a lot of Battlefield, and I've been playing a lot of Arm Three. Yeah, have you? Did you catch the Game Awards or PSX? No, I was browsing YouTube, and I saw that they were on, and I meant to make it a point to watch it, and I just totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were gonna say, "No, I was browsing YouTube, and that was like your excuse for not seeing them." No, you're like, "No, I was busy. I was browsing YouTube. It was a big day." So I was doing a lot of browsing. Yeah, in Tyler's defense, and you mentioned this earlier this week ryan and we're obviously going to talk about the game of awards and uh, game awards in a, in a few minutes here but uh yeah i don't really knock anyone for not watching it live there's very few award shows that i feel like i need to watch live like there's always going to be that list yeah. that comes out none the next of them. day you should no, watch I, none of them live you watch the recap at the end because people just want to know who the winner was yeah like, i want to know that overwatch one is really so is. so that exactly. being said at like the oscars they're not debuting like trailers for new exciting movies whereas at game awards the one thing i do like about watching it live although again you can watch this stuff the next day anyways but is like the reveals of new games and gameplay footage of new game new games and so that's like kind of maybe a reason to watch it if there's anything about the game awards that i say the oscars and stuff should learn from or the grammy should learn from is debut new stuff yes. during your event where you're talking about stuff uh although every single time they show us a clip from mass Eff- the new mass effect they're like this is the first time anyone's ever seen this. <laughs> yeah okay yeah. <laughs> i've seen i've seen it the first time 10 times yeah exactly they, they said it was like the, <laughs> the 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 first gameplay footage ever of the game and didn't they like showed us gameplay at e3, at e3 yes man no, no what, what was it was it e3 where was it, was it something something like a month ago where it was like they just they they, 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 they oh, did the N7 same exact thing yeah was it november 7th and yeah. 7 oh even before yeah, that there was some there was some conference a, a couple months ago i remember watching them show gameplay footage so anything new happening in the in battlefield and titanfall time um getting people better are, at the game that's really are, it yeah people are getting good to be mlg yeah yeah get good Good. Have you regened or what is it? Is it Matt? What prestiged? And I don't know if you can do that. Maybe you can, but I have not. I think you can in Titanfall. Oh, in you Titanfall? can re. No, I think no, they I call haven't. it regen in Titanfall. Yeah, prestige is the cool. way that Call of Duty calls it. I think. I think I did that once in Titanfall One. I have not done that yet. So for listeners who don't know, in a lot of these uh, online first-person shooter games, prestiging is when you hit the max level and you literally just reset back down to level one. And, and according to and that's like all that happens you don't get anything you just you should you always get like, prestige yeah right you like get a little titanfall. like frame around your portrait that says hey this person's played this game for a very long time yeah i don't know if titanfall does anything to reward you but i know in call of duty 
you literally start back with all the beginner guns. It's like, it's yep. like you lose all your progress. That's why I never prestige in a lot of oh those games. Oh, my God. I don't care about showing off that I leveled up all the way when I can't use all the good guns. That is such a video game design thing. Yep. Give somebody something, then take it away, and then pretend like it's new. Well, and just to like reset things. Like, oh, uh, we need to give you a reason to keep playing, so we're just going to have you start all over. New Game Plus. <laughs> New Game Plus, indeed. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're talking about the Game Awards, the categories, the winners, and we still have to turn in our sports homework, and that will go interestingly. See you soon. <laughs> Let's start off by talking uh, the Game Award for people that don't know. Uh, it, this is a production put on mainly by uh, a man by the name of Jeff Keeley, who is super passionate about games. He's been in the industry for over 20-something years, and he's been slowly refining this show year after year. Um, and I think it is the best it's ever been, although yeah. you know there's still problems with it, like a man dressed up like a razor. And people in the <laughs> in a booth going, man, you gotta check out this Assassin's Creed Assassin's Universe VR experience. What do you think, Michael? <laughs> and then a guy gets on mic going, uh, it's um, it's great. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, that was such a long pause. Yannick had to feel like you need to jump in and say. No, something. I mean, but comfortable even listening to you reproducing it. So don't, I don't, even don't want to see the real one. Don't undersell it. So it, it it the production value is fantastic at this point, and it really is the Oscars yes, of, of video games. It at feels this point. like a real award. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's very professionally done. So real. They got real actual statues. It's a little digital angel coming out of the pixel ashes into the world of polygons. Yeah. It looks so like I, think a it's a, I think it's a cool cover. looking statue. I think it looks it's like a cover. I think it's an awesome looking yeah. statue. It is. It's, it's cool. really pretty. I just think um, that the whole idea when he was presenting the concept of of what it was and I'm like, you're just say you partnered up with Weta and you came up with this gorgeous statue and that's it. Like Yeah, there doesn't need to be like, like a, a novel down. of a story behind it. It's like, yo, here's the statue. It's what you get when you win and it looks cool. Yeah. He, he was like digital angel coming out of the 8-bit pixels and evolving. And I'm like, eh, I get it. I mean, at least it's not like neon orange and black and glowing and like lighting up like Ryan's yeah. keyboard. So. I think that would be great. <laughs> and Yannick's keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and the keyboard you want, you jerk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, and, and also this this uh, production comes equipped with uh, quite a bit of uh, marketing stuff, but also like trailers for games that are not out yet, which we mentioned. Probably yeah. other award ceremonies could benefit from doing something like this. I thought it was... Uh, exciting anyway well i think i think uh, one really quick like side note that's interesting about that the uh the presentation of gameplay footage and marketing material for new games is that they outwardly made a conscious effort to show gameplay footage as opposed to trailers and marketing material this time around uh we were talking obviously about no man's Sky earlier but there's just been a lot this year in the news and discussed about 
sort of like the uh, the poisonous nature of some of that marketing material. And I, I like the fact that they outwardly came out and said, like, we're going to do our best to show you exactly what a game looks like and not oversell it. Totally, totally, totally. And uh, we're all going to kind of talk about some of the categories and some of the winners and the nominees of those categories that mainly the ones that we paid uh, a bunch of attention to or stood out to us. But before we do, we got to talk about how this award ceremony started off, which is last year at the Game Awards, they attempted to present something called their Industry Icon Award to a man by the name of Hideo Kojima, the creator of the Metal Gear Solid series, um, known by many as being an artistic sort of visionary uh, in the video game creation space. And he was not allowed to be there last year because Konami... um, forbid it i guess essentially he was an employee of konami at the time there was some talk of konami had actually secretly fired him but not announced anything yet um and then he announced later in that year that he was leaving the studio and keely went on at length about this and then finally hideo kojima was there they presented the award he also and- gave someone the middle finger he's going on this, like this whole speech and it was like here are the points and he prominently left his like middle finger out and then he just kept going and like Hideo Kojima is so such a sweet little Japanese man and he had like tears I yeah I, it was very sweet it was very endearing he was like um, I love you guys I think I love him too I think he could use an editor but <laughs> in general <laughs> I love Hideo Kojima and um and so then after he received his award finally rightfully so um we get to see the Death Stranding trailer. Has yeah. everybody seen this Death Stranding yep. trailer? I, yeah. seen I have not. Give it to me. <laughs> okay. Give it to me. Uh, do you want me to describe it to you, or do you want me to send you a link? I don't well, think I just heard you that can people describe were, it. People were excited before seeing it, and then they were just like realizing that nothing really came out of it. Well, okay. I'll, I'll break down in short what is in this trailer. Uh, if you want to see the trailer... Go pause the podcast right now. Watch just Google Death Stranding trailer Game Awards 2016. You'll find it. Um, essentially, we start off uh, the trailer in what looks like a very ruined or combat ruined city bridge or something. Um, a man is walking. He turns around. The man is director Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Who just kind of looks at the camera and you hear the crowd like erupt like, yes, it's Guillermo del Toro. Like Guillermo del Toro is an actor or something. He's a director. Guillermo del Toro, if you guys don't know, he made uh, Blade 2, uh, both the Hellboy movies and Pan's Labyrinth. He's he's a really good director. Uh, in um, Zero Dark Thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. yeah he's maybe. done a lot more I, like, I serious stuff he... these days. And um, Guillermo del Toro also was working with Kojima on... Um, a Silent Hill reboot that came out as PT at PSX. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, and and Konami ended up canceling all that stuff. So it's, <laughs> it's Cameron El Toro's in, and then he looks scared, and then he kind of hides under a bridge, and a tank rolls by, and there are skeleton army men and a tank covered in what looks like guts, like organic guts, and... Then this weird black sludge starts to bleed down, cover up Guillermo's feet. He looks very scared. He's holding a thing the whole time, and then he, like, plugs the thing in to I don't know what, and inside is, once again, a baby. (laughs) 
baby inside of a container and he looks pained to be holding it. And then this little doll, like a baby doll, that's missing a leg. Which is really creepy. Kind of like baby him. dolls are creepy. But yeah, a hairless baby doll is very creepy. Floats by him and he just looks scared. Uh, and then this baby like opens his eyes. And then the baby doll starts to float away. And then we see soldiers. It looks like like smoke fire soldiers show up um, that are all skeleton soldiers as well. And they're led by this dude. Um, the guy goes to take off his glasses in a very Metal Gear Solid fashion. And they just dissolve away. And we find out the guy is... What's the guy's name? Matt, Mad? Mad? Mad something. Mickelson? It's the it's the guy from Hannibal, the TV show. Yeah, the guy from Hannibal, or um, I I knew him from as the uh, villain from Casino Royale, Le Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, Mads Mickelson is in the game, and he's got some sort of fire power thing, and he's got black sludge all over his face, um, and he's just standing there looking like he's relaxed or something and then the baby doll like floats up to him and as it touches him the baby doll's eyes open and then just he looks at the camera and smiles and boom titles death stranding i have no idea what this game is (laughs) it's so so weird it is so kojima yeah it is, that's exactly the, like, what it is it's just so kojima <laughs> yeah I think- exactly all the weirdest parts about metal gear solid like all the weird metal gear solid 5 like ghost dude stuff and all the like that's all kojima all the way and this thing looks yeah like it is his mind child i'm also convinced it's never coming out uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah right this is the next final fantasy this is yeah exactly. last year the game the reason why he couldn't go was because he could not accept the award for best action game which went to metal gear solid phantom pain which what a good game yeah what a good game tyler you played that game a lot right i love that game did you beat it i um yeah i did yeah did i you remember ending it very it very disappointing game. And let's be let's be clear about like who, who Hideo Kojima is like in terms of like game design decisions. In Metal Gear Solid Online, you can use nuclear arse, um, like weapons to destroy and attack other people's bases. There is an ending to that game that involves every single on no 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 I'm not spoiling anything. Every single online player has to choose to disarm their nuclear weapons to get it. Hmm. So. We're never going to know what the ending is. <laughs> he just created, like, he was like, what if there's Prisoner's Dilemma only on, on an online multiplayer game? Yeah. It's genius. It's brilliant. But technically, as a game design decision, it's kind of bad. And that's a Deo Kojima all the way. And and I love that he is in this industry and doing weird stuff. Yeah. And honestly, I don't care if this game ever comes out so long as once a year. I get to like, watch a new trailer like that... that. <laughs> Tries to blow your I mean, mind. The first one was like, oh yeah, I didn't, yeah, I forgot to point out that the whole trailer starts off with a bunch of dead crabs, yeah, just hanging out on like. Uh, the aesthetic on a, a is wet... interesting for sure. Yes. Oh, it's totally. I also it's just totally... like I think it's really cool that a that uh, big name actors and actresses are getting involved in video games, and it's moving beyond just voice acting in such that their digital characters look exactly like them. That's the one and... thing. 
that I don't really like. Not every actor is a good actor, and they're definitely not good voice actors. So I think Mads is an exception to, to yeah. the rule, and maybe like Norman Reedus is just playing himself, so that's also another exception to the rule. But uh, in what was it? Destiny had Peter Dinklage as yes, like the little character. Yeah. That was an it just epic didn't work. fail, and I yeah. think that hurt the game more than actually benefited it. Yeah. I think Troy Baker and Noah North are far superior actors. Well, that's the, in, that's the thing is that. I, I wonder if this sort of uh, evolution of actors' involvement in games poses a threat to someone like a, a Nolan North, like even like rising to the, the status that he did, because he is incredible. He is my favorite voice actor by far. And I worry that the like Nolan Norths that are up and coming right now will not have an opportunity to grow into that status as a result of the fact that like all anyone's going to want is a character that looks and sounds exactly like an actor or actress that they know from movies or television. I don't think so. I think it allows um, a different audience to get interested in the game. Yeah. So Norma's Reedus fans will probably want to play Death Stranding because he's in it and they like everything he's in for whatever reason. Uh, I think really good voice actors like your Noah North, your Troy Bakers, and even Mark Hamill, um, there's plenty of space for them. Even like Blizzard has their own voice actors, so I don't think we're going to go mainstream media with this anytime soon. Plus, also remember, this is Hideo's MO, right? He wanted Kiefer Sutherland in Solid Snake and Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, he, his obsession with melding sort of movies and video games has always been part of his whole thing. You could argue Solid Snake was always just an 80s action hero. Yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, there's that aspect to it. So let's talk about some of these categories. Um, I'll start with the best RPG, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, Dark Souls three. Here's the nominees. Dark Souls three, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, The Witcher three, Wild Hunt, Blood and Wine, World of Warcraft Legion, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yeah. So Dark Souls three, I played all these games uh, with the exception of Xenoblade Chronicles X, um, just because I wasn't going to play an RPG on Nintendo Wii U, um, for both for obvious reasons and for the fact that I wasn't plugging back in the Wii U to play a giant RPG. Um, but the winner was The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and I think this is fascinating because technically, this is The Witcher 3 winning best RPG, I think, two years in a row. Yeah. Yes. And it deserves By it. way of expansion. Yes. And I I enjoyed Deus Ex Mankind Divided, and not, not as much as some other people. I didn't, oh no, I didn't play Dark Souls 3, so I lied to you guys. Uh, Yannick, you played Dark Souls 3, Yeah, I can right? tune in on that. I finished it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, the Blood and Wine expansion, which apparently adds about 30 hours of stuff to The Witcher 3, which we could all agree is a full video game yeah. all by itself. yeah. But I just thought it was fascinating that technically a new game didn't win. Yes. Well, what's fascinating is that it's not only an expansion that won, but there is an expansion of a game that's over 10 years old in that list. I know. World of Warcraft getting on the list for nominees for best RPG over to, over a decade after that game launched. That is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we haven't gotten much. I mean, Final Fantasy just came out, Final Fantasy 15. So yeah, that it doesn't calendar, qualify for nominations. Calendar yeah. aspect. Final Fantasy 15 will, I assume, considering the reviews, be nominee next year already. I can probably put $10 on that. I will probably not lose them. But, yeah. It's it's also, I, I read it twice, and I just thought that The Witcher 3, I, I saw that list first, the nominees and the um, and the, the, the trophies, and I was like, that game already got plenty of awards last year. Why are you giving it again? <laughs> right, and it I, was yeah. game of the year last now year. Now you make me realize that it says Blood and Wine, DLC. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, honestly, for the guys at Dark Souls 3, man, like, and then I haven't played any of the others, so I, I don't want to be biased, um, but it could have been a little bit more... You know, just it's also a matter of making those game awards legit and make people care about them, and that kind of like falls flat when you just reward a DLC. And you know, no, this is where I have to like contradict that, and I think this is a very smart move, and I think it's something that they should do if people are playing these expansions like Legion and Blood of Wine over a new game, then they should have some sort of recognition for that. That's true. I agree. I agree with that. The only other yeah. thing, too, I have an issue with with this category here is the loose usage of RPG. And I did not play Dark Souls 3. I played 1 and 2. And assuming that Dark Souls 3 follows in a similar vein, which all those games seem to do, I that teeters on the edge of RPG for me. And yeah, I'm that yes. That's an RPG. So RPG. I, I feel like Dark Souls 3 falls more into an action-adventure game to me. I agree with In the sense that, for me, a traditional, and maybe this is just a a result of the fact that my original RPG experiences were with things like World of Warcraft or Mass Effect or a Bethesda game, where my experience with an RPG has to involve like a stronger narrative and some form of communication with other people in the game. Like, I I can't play a role. For me, I have a hard time playing a role with my role. Yeah. I just, I just, I I have a hard time like considering it to be like role playing. If I am, if I do not communicate with other parts of the game, yeah, I mean the quests and, but you can't. The quests are here. Level leveling, you know, and progression is here. You have to make decision about your character, and it's going to affect your gameplay. Those are all definitions of an RPG. And and even though you don't have a lot of NPC interactions, you still have some. And if you, if someone that I didn't even realize that Dark Souls Three had quests because two and one did not. Yeah, no, it's like it's kind of like. It's not like you. I totally agree with you, hundred percent. The narrative is to a minimal, but that's the Dark Souls spirit, and it's very dark. And then you talk. To, you're always gonna talk to a girl that is hidden under a cloak, and you're not gonna see her face, and you're gonna have to somehow help her and save her uncle. But it's. But I want to back you up for a second, Yannick, by saying I think Dark Souls, like Bloodborne, how From Software tells a story is through world and texture as opposed to someone talking at you, mm-hmm. right? And I think That's it's a fair. different way of doing it, but I don't necessarily you know, think yeah. it's a... You know how they like they there. do those scenes, those t- trailers where nobody talks, but then you see a fortress, and then somehow you see a huge spider monster on that church that you visit the first time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what right. the fuck? And you don't need words for that. But but I agree, it's... it's it's it, the And the RPG aspect tend to be lost those days. I remember talking about that to a friend recently this week. There's no more RPG. Those ones are just action adventure. Your decisions don't really impact the game that much. Um, yeah. And then action action adventure could be also a, a, like a a, dom- a nomination for for Dark Souls three yeah. and 
in those games, yeah. It's weird when you think about it, like The Witcher in terms of RPGs, because I think this is this is a problem that we'll see over and over again with something like the Game Awards. And I think maybe the Oscars and stuff have this problem too a little bit, but I think lesser so, which is these are a bunch of games with a bunch of different mechanics and a bunch of different ways of delivering stories. So like the question is what is an RPG, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and that 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 fits into the other thing that I'll talk about which is best best action game. But like is an RPG leveling up? You level up in The Witcher. Is it attributing points? You do that in World of Warcraft. You do it in Deus Ex, you do it in Dark Souls, but you don't do it in The Witcher. That one, you don't do it in Xenoblade. You kind of don't do it to your character in World of Warcraft. You do it to a weapon. Is it, you know, like, is it having spells? That's fair. Like, Deus Ex kind of doesn't have spells. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's so broad. But I just, yeah, I want to have a um, second to talk about Witcher 3 going strong. I guess... I guess maybe I should play more of The Witcher 3. Like, I did really like it. I just, like, became so much like, oh, there's so much here. It's a, I don't know it's if a grind. Act yeah, it's just an overwhelming, it's an overwhelming amount of content. <laughs> yeah, but of course, you and I were playing World of Warcraft the other day, which is yeah. like... <laughs> that's <laughs> Infinite content. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm happy for World of Warcraft, too. Just one, one yeah. sentence. I'm happy for Legion. It's good. It's This game is 10 yeah. years old, and you're still, still on top of it, so... GG. I, pre- I, I like that. Even though I don't play that game. GG. <laughs> GG, guys. GG. Literally. L- literally, literally the GG, literal literally. usage of the phrase GG. <laughs> that is a GG. Um, so then the next one I want to talk about is Best Action Game. Uh, the nominees were Battlefield 1 by DICE, uh, Doom by id Software, Gears of War 4 by The Coalition, Overwatch by Blizzard, Titanfall 2 by Respawn, and the winner was Doom. And... Look, this is a super competitive category this year to me. Yes. All of these games had something about them that were was super good, but I think this is the right call. Yeah. Doom, to me... Tyler, did you play Doom? Yeah, I played every game in that category. Okay. I I, I liked the new Gears of War quite a bit, um, but it didn't like strike me in any special way. I feel that the Gears uh, of War 4 campaign was a better story than it was action. Yeah, Gears of War 4 did a lot of cool things with its story, although I think it ended too soon. Uh, Overwatch is Overwatch, and it got plenty of the Knights due, which we'll talk about. In fact, if anything, Overwatch, all their other awards is the reason why it didn't get this award. Uh, Titanfall 2, very, very good, but Doom, man, from level 1 to the end of that game, I was just impressed every single level with a different mechanic or a different piece of level design or a different bad guy or a different mix of bad guys they were throwing at me. And just like they figured out how to bring back the feeling of the old Doom games without without making it feel like Call of Duty. Well, and I think that that alone is like a singular achievement. You, and, so you, and just, you just hit the nail on the head for me with regards to that winner being a good pick, which is in all of these categories, but we'll talk about it in a second, especially with game of the the year. There's more to me that qualifies a game to win one of these awards than just like the details, the technical details, the mechanics and the experience of playing the game. To me, there is the the concept of a, a, a development studio achieving the feat of like, in this case, bringing back an IP that has so much storied history 
and doing it successfully. And that alone, to me, should be contributing to a voter's decision to to give them that award. Like, it's not just that it objectively was a great action game. It's that it's a great action game and it's called Doom. And like you said, it brings back the feelings that <laughs> yeah. people remember with Doom. Like, like there, there's an impressive feat there in addition to just like the objective nature of the game. It's it's when you reboot a franchise, it must be incredibly hard to make it feel like what people remember the old one being, but be so good that if somebody went back to the old one, they would be disappointed. Yeah. And that's exactly what Doom did. Yep. Like if Tyler, if you went to go play Doom 2 now, you'd be like, this sucks. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe. But I I think there's a legitimate chance that there's a kid who this will be their first Doom and I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. You know? It's cool. So. It's cool. It's uh, I, I I still have to finish that game, but it makes me want to come back. Probably just like it. It's gonna make people buy it. Um, I, I I like that. I like that. What you said, Davis. They set up promises and they stick to it and they deliver. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's good. I would have All said right. Battlefield One a little bit more story, and it would have probably be a good good competitor. It just fell flat. It just fell short. Agreed. But the action is really um, present. Moving on. I think on. a right, lot of the action that comes from doom is from the soundtrack too yeah yeah so and it won for uh, best soundtrack so let's transition a little bit away from these these larger titles uh there's a couple of categories i wanted to highlight um which are best art direction and best independent game and the reason i wanted to sort of like combo those two together is they were both won by the same uh, uh studio so we'll, we'll just start with best art direction the nominees were abzu which was uh, developed by that studio that created Journey. Uh, so that's that underwater. It's people called mm-hmm. it Underwater Journey, You're like a little a little dude uh, <laughs> swimming around the ocean, all sorts of great aesthetics. Uh, Firewatch uh, by Campo Santo, uh, Inside by Playdead, Overwatch, as we all know, is developed by Blizzard, and Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, uh, the Naughty Dog conclusion to the Uncharted series. So the winner was Inside. Um, and uh, Inside, as Woo! I mentioned, also won Best Independent Game. Uh, the independent game nominees were Firewatch, Hyper Light Drifter, uh, Stardew Valley, and The Witness, uh, which was developed by uh, um, Jonathan Blow, the creator of, um, oh God, uh, help me out here. Why am I blanking? Uh, Jonathan Blow, the creator of Braid. Oh, Braid. Excuse me, Braid. So anyways, um, Inside, uh, creator uh, created by the same team that developed uh, Limbo, um, way, way back couple years ago a few years ago right it's like a three or four year old game um and my biggest qualm with this decision comes in the category of art direction and i'm obviously biased but firewatch is one of my favorite games of all time and specifically i love that game because of its aesthetic and how it looks and it's refreshing mm-hmm. take on a way to bring a outdoor world to life the color palette that that game uses, the texture shading that they use, to me, is brilliant and contributes to this like really fascinating world that this really great story that's being told exists in. So much to the point where I know and interact with so many people who do not play video games, did not play Firewatch, who have Firewatch wallpapers on their iPhones, on their desktop computers, talk about, yeah, there was that game Firewatch with that really beautiful artwork. And these are people who Mm -hmm. do not touch video games. And to me, the feat of being able to create an aesthetic like that from an independent studio like Campo Santo, to me, should have gotten them that award. Um, But at the same time, Inside got incredible reviews. It seemed to totally live up to the hype that the the studio's previous game created. Um, I know that, Yannick, you played it, and I believe, Ryan, you played Inside as well. Um, 
and uh, and and so on the on the independent game front, I can see it as a little bit of a better pick over over Firewatch. But on that art direction uh, side of things, I really really would have liked to see Firewatch uh, take had, the cake on that one. Yeah, if I have to piggyback on that, he had to win one of those where it was nominated: best narrative, best art direction, and best music sound design. Uh, it it only won best art direction, but to me, the art direction implies the other two. Uh, the mm -hmm. art goes with the sound. The sound makes the art look good. Uh, the narrative is so subtle, but so well, you know, well paced and everything. Uh, and at the same time, the gameplay is really fun. That's also one thing that. Did you, you know, beat it? Yeah, I beat it. It's beautiful. I it, okay. I, I felt bad because I was like, oh, I didn't get all the secrets. I gotta go back. Um, but it's you know not that it's hard to go back to that game. No, it's hard. It's not hard, but it's like oh, I'm I'm not gonna go back to that. I have so many games to play. I'm, I can't go back to that. Uh, story and and I I will kind of not feel the same about it again. It would just be a, just a grind, and I would kind of like not have the same experience um, playing yeah, it twice. I agree with you. Um, I feel the same way. But the sound is the only thing that really struck me um, with 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 the beauty of the game as well. And and it's funny that they reward an art direction that is so dark. And when games are so dark like that, it's It's hard to see, you know, compared to a Firewatch where it's colorful, like you said, and it's beautiful for the for the outsider that doesn't play games. You know, some 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 game like that that is dark is not yeah. really is less inviting, but uh, it makes the art really um, like beautiful and, and convincing and and, mm -hmm. uh, and 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 really. I didn't even make that connection till now that like Davis, you are um, a man who enjoys the outdoors. You are a sportsman yes. of sorts. You like <laughs> to ski. You you get out and do outside things. As us as inside nerds are kind of like, what is he? Why does he want to ski? It's like full of <laughs> mud and like melt. <laughs> do, and... Don't you get dirty? Don't you hurt your knees? Um, and yeah, I God, I loved Firewatch. Uh, I love the art direction in that game. It's my PlayStation 4 theme. Um, I love Ollie Moss, the illustrator. I've got his prints that you guys can see you mm -hmm. know, over there, the Overwatch characters that he designed hanging above my um, couch. And uh, I think they did a great job in Firewatch. I loved it so much. But uh, this is this is just something where inside did... It's is like they did more with less, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like they and I think that's why it won. It's because it was able to get all. Um, also, it's two hours long. You got to play it. You yeah. got to play it. All the emotions and all that stuff. I think that's kind of what, what gave me that game win. And at the end, he's like, "By the way, uh, we're also hiring, and it's great in Poland." And I'm like, "Okay, it's too north." Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, So the thing that I found really interesting for the Game Awards is that we had some esports categories. And for the esports players, um, I was actually kind of disappointed with who won. And <laughs> I was listening to the esports player thing going, I hope Sandy knows what's going on here because I don't. <laughs> I was disappointed by the winners of all of the categories, to be perfectly honest. No. So, and, and this would probably be a bias because of the, the games I watch. And all of that fun stuff. Um, for the best esports player, it went to Cold. Pie. No. <laughs> no. Cold Is Zara. He, does he play? Uh, no, he's not. A, he's a. <laughs> no, Pie would get like slaughtered. Uh, Marcelo David won from SK Gaming for Counter Strike Global Offensive. I thought it should have gone 
to either Faker, who's a League of Legends player on SK Telecom, or even Byun or Infiltrator. Uh, I thought they were far better picks, but yeah, I'm also biased because those <laughs> yeah. are the games I like. Okay, now here is ignorant American Ryan talking. The times where I am okay with calling someone by their screen name is when they have names like Hyun Woo and Lee Sang Hyuk because I don't know if I'm saying those right. It's, but it's I actually can definitely Hyun say Faker correctly. Hyun Woo and Infiltrator is Si Leon Woo. Uh, they're both Korean. Same thing. And Hungry Box is actually an American. And I would have liked to see him win too, also from Team Liquid. And he's a Smash player, and he did an awesome job at Evo this year. So all of these guys are do really, really outstanding jobs in their respective games, which guess I'm not that familiar with Counter-Strike, but I don't know if Counter-Strike has that, like, the good guy, bad guy, kind of, like, the good team, the bad team, like, the the bad boy, the rebel, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Same, really like, narratives there. that come along yeah. with them like the the what i have gleaned from my little experience recently exposed to watching and understanding esports is that the the mobas seem to tell the greatest narratives about the players and the teams uh, mm-hmm. it's even the fighting game community infiltrator is such a troll and well, that's like you can do tournaments and you can do one-on-ones and people can develop yeah. rivalries in that yeah. sort of sense yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's so it's so good and for the best esports team that went to cloud nine and that was also a shocker for me because I don't think they've been an outstanding uh, team for anything. I really thought it would go to like SK Telecom or Wings yeah. or even even Rocks, Rocks Tigers because of the games that they play, League of Legends and Dota 2. And it's they have such huge followings. So seeing that Cloud9 one, that was actually, I was like, qua. So I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I just loved the esports player thing starting off with like, and now Michael Phelps is going to give someone this award. And then like Michael Phelps had to come out and go, uh, um, this is a sport too, I guess. I train every, I've trained my entire life to swim and I've got more Olympic medals than anyone ever. And now I have to give someone who plays Counter-Strike <laughs> It probably makes more money than he does, too. But, but that's, yeah. that's well, the other thing. Like, that. Michael Phelps is, is giving this award out, and it's like, in in Korea, StarCraft Two is such a huge thing, and Byun is such a, like, a little celebrity. He's so adorable that I'm like, how did, huh? But whatever. Oh, so, no. it's, so while you're I, talking about these... Doings. While you're talking about these awards and you mentioned the esports winner Cloud9, I did want to give our listeners a little highlight of something that I communicated to you guys that's actually pretty interesting and totally relevant. Um, so during my break off uh, in on the East Coast away from being able to play games, I started to fall down the rabbit hole of watching and understanding competitive esports, namely League of Legends Heroes and uh, Overwatch. And um, the Cloud9 team uh, for their League of Legends team has this like, digital mini series on their YouTube channel that's basically just like a documentary following their team throughout their competitive play. Um, and mm-hmm. while sort of like following along and watching some of these, I stumbled across some videos uh, about their Overwatch team, which is like a newer team, obviously with the game being newer. And in watching, learned that one of the players, starting players on the Cloud9 Overwatch team is somebody that I played baseball with in middle school in Boston, Massachusetts, growing up in our AAU league. So if you guys uh, or any listeners do watch competitive Overwatch and happen to watch Cloud9, there's a player named Adam 
very simply Adam. It's actually his first name, Adam Eckel, uh, who I used to play baseball with. And I was like really surprised to see like, oh my God, there is somebody who I used to like interact with playing more traditional sports and is now a professional competitive. You know what? Overwatch you told player. us that. First of all, that's and, awesome. And Overwatch won best esports game. And I'm also mad at that. It's a great game, but. Over <laughs> Street Fighter Five, Dota Two, or even oh, Counter Strike, I don't f- even think it should have been up there. There weren't as many competitions for Overwatch, and I don't think it's it a brand won new game. The, the, but the thing is, though, that game, and again, I'm very new to watching esports, but that is the only game I watch. Maybe I, I can see how the fighting games are more observable, but that over but Overwatch is the most exciting, action-packed, observable game that I seem to be able to, to understand. Even when I, I'm watching like, like like Dota or League of Legends, like I, I start to have an idea of how the game works, but it's just so hard for me to like follow what's going on. And I think like the sheer feat of making a game that's that like promote promotable as an esport to me gives them the ability to win that. Street Fighter Five was on ESPN. They had a huge, they had a larger uh, viewership than Dota and League of Legends, and even Counter Strike had like a, a huge viewing as well. Uh, if we're going to do it based on like, oh, it's a new game, people are watching it, they're watching it because they're interested, it's not the same as Street Fighter V had the production, they had the people, it had it was growing year over year, and even though the game didn't have as much as people would have liked in the beginning, it does have, it does make for really good viewership and really good TV. It's like watching boxing, and if I'm comparing... Is it? It is. It is like watching boxing. <laughs> okay. Do you guys right. watch boxing? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I grew up with, with boxing. No, I, I agree. I think I, it I is. It's like you, watching Cindy. like boxing. It's it's really quick. It is really exciting. And like even people who are not into games at all whatsoever will watch a, a Street Fighter Five competition. I agree even with you. like any of those like fighting games because it's just so easy to get into. To me, this um, award is kind of dumb, and I wish it's not. <laughs> there in the future I, yeah because i you right it if i have to con- if i have to compare it to real sports which we're all kind of like we're following our own sports it's kind of like you and me talking about you know who's gonna win the award gronkowski or cristiano ronaldo it's two different sports we're not gonna compare apples and oranges and this is what we do because yes. you have an argument well, and, 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 and gronk and would most definitely win that award so it's just right. Right. Although, competition come on madden <laughs> curse is alive and well he's injured out for the rest of the season um but you get <sighs> my point it's like and and say davis has a point too there's a lot of aspect about being an esports player in a team and there's a lot of it another dimension and that goes alongside with what's happening in boxing for someone that goes one-on-one there's so much of a more of a mental game when you go on one-on-one uh, and it goes the same with real sports um and having seeing myself infiltrator being so flawless in that tournament was impressive but i haven't seen the other guys so for me it's like Moving on, this thing is not relevant to me. It's cool that they find a winner, give them a little bit of money, and it gives them, it gives esports a little bit more names, um, people you want to, you know, relate to, and gives you like it, it let you, lets you identify players and people in that world. Uh, but I'm not yeah. putting a lot of importance into who wins, who, who's who. Yeah, I, I do think like doesn't. this entire category is kind of like loosey goosey. Um, mm-hmm. If we're gonna do it in like in terms of like best personalities and stuff like that uh for the esports player they're all winners 
I'm assuming, I'm not really sure about Counter-Strike, but Beyond uh, won uh, WCS, which is uh, the World the World StarCraft competition. Um, oh, there's too many things. It, and, and that's they a, all that's have different names. But, the, but so that's why I think Overwatch gets more credibility. They announced a league, a specific professional league, just for Overwatch, made by the developer of the game. Uh, that's got to influence year, the ability to win best esports game. No, that's not that. It's StarCraft is the original esports game created by Blizzard. So the okay. the Overwatch League is just them actually being involved in esports correctly versus what they did, which was kill StarCraft. StarCraft in Korea and all that stuff has a huge scene, huge following for years, starting with Brood War um, and StarCraft One into StarCraft Two. So in terms of like esports games, it's not even listed because it's essentially been murdered by Blizzard, but if we're going to do best esports game not in regards dramatic. of like all that fun stuff, this is this is my thing, you guys. Uh, <laughs> it should be based on who's got the current largest audience, and it's not Overwatch. Oh, and I'm going to leave know, it okay. to that. Let me say this. It's, this is going to probably split the difference between what Sandy <laughs> and Yannick and Davis think. Number one, I, I agree. It's a bunk category. It's like I said to you guys via text message. It's like saying, "What this year is the greatest sport? Soccer did it." You're like, "Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, like, good for you." <laughs> like if Michael Phelps was out there, like this year Michael Phelps won a bunch. This year swimming's the greatest sport. Now that's number one. Number two, it's like Overwatch is here. It's very good, but it just got here. Like right. some of these other games have sustained success and have been an esport for a long time, which in a way kind of should disqualify Overwatch from being in this category. To me, in terms of like establishment, it doesn't even actually have that leak yet that you were talking about, uh, Davis. And then finally, Overwatch best game. Anyway. <laughs> 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 so, Good like, Good Good despite segue. all of those things being said, we, to me, I have to admit that in terms of the game that I want to play the most, that I want to watch the most, that I find most engaging in this category, yes, it does happen to be Overwatch. So, I guess if you're going to have this category, it's still an interesting way to, to have scored it slash chosen <laughs> it. So... That's where I'm at. So we talk about the best, uh, best, the best of the bestest. I want the to best hear. I want to hear Tyler. I want to hear Tyler's the opinion. Oh, Tyler has his own thing. Um, I'm talking about the best multiplayer game, which the nominees were Battlefield One, Gears of War Four, Overcooked, Gears, Overwatch, Titanfall Two, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Um, the winner was Overwatch. Yeah. Which this uh, this was, I'd say, a tough category, but if I was ranking these things on a 1 to 100 scale, uh, Overwatch definitely blows the whatever would be in second out of the water, which I'd have to say is probably Battlefield 1 or Titanfall 2. I don't know. Overcooked is super good. Yeah, so I, I think that I'm starting to realize that my opinion is obviously being biased on towards the games that I like to play, but it's also based on like to me what 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 other achievements the game has 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 created. Which like if you look at that category, no game has ever accrued a mass of players as quickly or to the sheer volume that Overwatch did this year. 
20 whatever million people playing a single multiplayer game that like has no story has no campaign has like 14 maps but like between 22 million people playing can become pretty like repetitive to me that that achievement alone when you're talking about a multiplayer game the what what makes a multiplayer game so great is how many people are playing that game largely in my opinion yeah and, i don't see how Overwatch couldn't win this category when it's yeah. literally all it is is a multiplayer game and all these yeah. other games they do have multiplayer but I wouldn't say it's what makes them shine like even Battlefield 1 this year which most people buy for the multiplayer had a great campaign and it's just the same multiplayer as it always has been I would I would love a, a an Overwatch single player that would be cool So, so somebody asked somebody asked <laughs> about that at the, during the Q&A at uh, at BlizzCon and uh, they sort of like, you know, steered away from the question. We're basically like, well, we gave you Junkenstein's Revenge. That seemed to be like go over pretty well. So we're experimenting with some other things here and there as far as like PVE content goes. But um, yeah, I'm happy PVEs with the that category. babies. PVP is where it's at. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I think for best multiplayer, it has to do with what you enjoy playing the most with your friends. I, I don't think it's like how different the campaign is or anything like that. I think it's how enjoyable it is this to see people out and play with. And Overwatch is a fun game to play with everyone. It's such a fun game. Gears of War is too em- emotional. Yeah. The only other one in there that, not having played it, that I could see have giving it a run for its money is it just seems like the reaction to Titanfall 2 is just through the roof. And especially with regards to, again, very similar to Overwatch, just the sheer fun nature of those multiplayer battles. And it just seems like that is another game where people are just like, I could play the same map 100 times in a row and still have the same amount of fun every single time. I think, Tyler, tell me if I'm wrong. Titanfall 2 is free this weekend? Yes. Um, On on PS4. I don't know. I guess it's, Davis knows. It's free it on is. Origin they, they, as well. Yeah, they announced and, that during uh, the Game Awards. Yeah, on PS4, Xbox, and, and that means PC too. So, um, but that means it. listener, you missed it. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, well that's true. Don't go get it. Well, still go buy it. <laughs> well, still right. go get it. Just you're not getting it for free. I mean, Ryan, that why not? Uh, I thought Titanfall was great. I think this may be a good segue, Ryan. We're talking about Titanfall and, and Overwatch and whatnot. Why don't Why don't you take us take us to the home stretch here? Do us the honors. Bring it in. The best of the best. The reason we all watch this show. The game. Game of the year. All right. Before we talk about game of the year, I want to say very separately, I think at the end of the year, Pixels Weekly should do its own game of the year discussion, voting, debate, whatever it is. That is separate from this. But I do think this list is at least a good starting list of contenders. Um, maybe we should do a giant bomb style, like brackets, <laughs> to get to the game <laughs> of the year. Um, all right. Game of the year. The nominees were Doom, id Software, Bethesda. Ooh, good pick. Inside by Play Dead. Totally legitimate pick, too. Overwatch by Blizzard. Titanfall 2 by Respawn. Uncharted for a Thief's End. This comes with a disclaimer. Like every video game podcast says at this point, game of the year discussion is kind of stupid and boring because it's comparing things that are not like each other in almost any way, except for the fact that they all happen to be video games. I guess the two most similar things on this list could be like Titanfall and Overwatch, I guess. I guess maybe Doom is in there too. Uh, And the winner was 
Overwatch. I wanted to introduce uh, this conversation with a question. Yes. Do you guys think that an indie game or a non AAA game would ever win that award? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, just Tyler? Uh, Tyler didn't answer. I did. I said yes. Oh, okay. I think if No Man's Sky wasn't a giant disappointment at launch, if they had a bunch of stuff like they're doing now integrated, it probably would have been a contender. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think they might they might be an update away yeah. or two from that. But yes. they come in with a couple updates further from where they are now and a better story. Then although yeah, maybe what been. I mean they don't really have a story. Uh, but I don't think they. I don't think No Man's Sky is rushing to get a story. Like let Mass Effect be that. I think they want to be Minecraft. But to our earlier conversation, maybe No Man's Sky will be on the list in a year or two. Um, but well, anyway. I mean, the, the other thing too is like some of the bigger games traditionally, as far as like studios go of the year, aren't even in the list. Battlefield didn't make the list. Call of Duty didn't make the list. Well, um, Call of Duty was trash. So, well, yeah, but I, I agree, but what I agree, I'm just sort of like tra- trying to like back up the fact. Trash. That's a very good. I'm, game. I'm just trying to like back up the fact that like there is an indie game on there in Inside. I was honestly really, really bummed that Firewatch didn't get a bid, and considering how many other nominations that it got. I was bummed that it wasn't up there. And that would have been two very, to me, viable candidates for Game of the Year on there, both being indie games. And I, and, and again, like the only one that's up there that I like just screams AAA to me is Uncharted 4. I will also say that I'm happy to see here so far, just going quickly down this list, and forgive me if I miss some, but Abzu, Firewatch, Inside, um... Res Infinite, really, and Thumper. Um, I already said Firewatch, Orwell, uh, Sea Hero Quest, That Dragon Cancer, which we've talked about on this show. The Witcher? Uh, uh, the Witcher. <laughs> the, the, Not the Witcher. Witcher. Uh, no, no, no. The Witness. The Witness. The Witness. Revolution. The Witness. Witness. Uh, yeah, Severed. You, uh, you know, these are, there's a ton of independent games on this list, and that make that warms the cockles of my yes, heart. Yes, like just getting a nomination for any of the other awards mean you were that much closer to potentially getting a nomination for Game of the Year. I mean, I, I can, I, I will spare our listeners me drooling over Overwatch too much longer. And so the, the only thing that I will say to affirm what I really believe is the right pick here, being Overwatch as the winner, is, again, talking about achievements from studios and just games outside of the objective nature of their gameplay is... For a studio like Blizzard that has so much invested in the world of RPGs and RTS and MOBAs and just traditional fantasy-based games, having no experience whatsoever in the world of first-person shooters or team-based shooters, I am so impressed in their ability to step into that genre and not just do it well, but do it to the level of success that Overwatch has had this year. I just think that that is a phenomenal achievement and warrants their ability to win Game of the Year. Now, the number one thing people say is, yeah, well, it's Blizzard. They got all the money in the world. It's Activision Blizzard. I'm sure they like hired all of the like FPS and team-based shooter like pros out there. That might well be the case, but just having the talent that's built games like that before doesn't do it alone. It also won Best Game Direction. There is something going on at the top of that company with people making the high-level decisions about the direction that a game is going to go in 
that I think is incredible and makes me really excited for any other IP they decide to step into. And I think that they have given me the trust that they can go into any genre and do it right and do it well and maybe do it better than anyone else has done it before. Well, I think that goes to like Mike Morheim saying like we are gamers, we are players. It goes for the very, very roots of them playing D&D together. It's they create games and stories and IPs for people just like themselves and they've done a very good job of cultivating a culture and a community that is really invested into that. And it's the attention to to the detail. It's the attention to what's going to work and what isn't going to work. They're all just really good at their jobs and it's not a huge team by any means whatsoever in terms of the scope of other games. Blizzard is actually not that large. I mean, the the Hearthstone team was initially like 10, 20 people, so... Yeah, they're, they're in like the thousands of employees, but like single-digit thousands, and the majority of that are not the people actually working on the products. The, the product teams themselves, I think, are still very small. You know what? Uh, I, I look at this list, and I think if I was going to pick a game of the year from Doom, Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall, or Uncharted 4... I would pick Overwatch. That would be my vote, too. Um, If for no other reason than assuming Blizzard maintains the momentum that they already have, and also with the assumption that their league feels legitimate and works out and actually becomes an active, watched, and popular thing, then I think... We are, <laughs> we've essentially demarcated AO in our years, right? Now we have just like AD and BC, we have before Overwatch and after Overwatch. Yeah. And um, you'll see what Overwatch has done reverberate through the next 10 years of shooter design um, from a variety of studios and even a variety of different games like i don't know if if uh for example the battleborn guys but what's the name of their studio i i, I forget uh i don't not remember uh, tyler who makes um the handsome collection who makes battleborn who makes battleborn gearbox 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 so gearbox who makes um God, why can't I think of the video games? Borderlands. Borderlands, yes. <laughs> oh my God, I'm having a bad day. Uh, like, I don't know what the next Borderlands game is going to be. I assume they're going to return to that franchise because that one actually makes some money. But um, I don't Savage. know what the new Borderlands game is now that Overwatch exists, right? Now it suddenly has put the burden not just of character distinctiveness and the depth of role type, but it has put the burden of what verticality is now in shooters. It has put a burden of what quality of character design is in shooters. And it has put a new burden on diversity in yes. the lineup. Well, and you Paul, saw the accept if you watched if you watched it, the acceptance speech. I don't remember the guy's name, but he's the main uh he's the, the game director uh of Overwatch. Jeff, Jeff and Kaplan? He, no, no, Kaplan stood behind there was another guy in a, like a, a sport coat that, that spoke and he did mention that like 
what he loves most about the game and what they intended with they, they they are trying and obviously it's easy to say this in hindsight but they're, they're trying to 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 send a message and he talked about the diversity of the game and the game being a fun equal opportunity environment for people of all play types uh to to enjoy and i think there's some some something that's like a little bit valiant in in that effort as well also like in traditional blizzard fashion like like we said this game is straight up multiplayer there was one tiny little PvE event during Halloween, but other than that, it is a multiplayer, team-based shooter. But in traditional Blizzard fashion, there is so much story and lore and interesting information in and outside of the game about the heroes that you play. And the world that they've created feels alive, although it's just made up of multiplayer maps. And that's also impressive. Agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. Um, it, it, you know, it's uh, I loved Uncharted Four. It's my favorite Uncharted game, and to me, I think in terms of an action adventure game, one of the best ever made. I love Titanfall. I think in terms of multiplayer shooters, it's very charming and dynamic, and the fact that they added everything that everyone asked for from Titanfall One is not an easy feat, and they lived up to it. In fact, some of the most interesting level design is in their campaign and not in their multiplayer. Inside was a tight, crafted experience where if you pay attention to every single second and every single footstep and frame of that game, it is carefully art-directed, and every animation and everything is... It's a two-hour perfect experience. And Doom did the impossible, which is make Doom relevant again. And this is such a... I can only imagine the agony of having to pick this category. And yeah. I just think that what separates Overwatch from it is Overwatch will, I I think, taking the long view, be 2016 will be the year of Overwatch in the year that uh, it changed... Um, Hero shooters? I mean, I, I I was never even saying the term hero shooters yeah. last year. I mean, like Team Fortress existed, but to me that was still a niche game that existed within its own little community. Totally. Totally. Yep. And um, and now it feels like uh, things have changed. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, there, Naughty it's, Dog's got to be... It's hard to argue with this uh, pick. Naughty Dog's got to be kicking themselves. This is their Return of the King game, right? Like... In when when the Lord of the Rings movies reached their finale, uh, the Return of the King cleaned up at the Oscars because it was somewhat of like this is the culmination of all of the effort that's gone into these films. And if you're Naughty Dog, Uncharted Four was like that was your 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 icing on the cake, your cherry on top of this like incredible story based franchise that you've built up and that has totally like changed and evolved your studio into the Naughty Dog that we know today. And just a bad year for them, like just a bad year to be in Tough that category now. with those those games that are with them although they did win what did they win they won the best narrative they technically yes. won best performance um did they win anything else i believe it was the only two that was the only two yeah i would have probably have given them best action game too it seems weird that like some of shooters almost needed their own category this year because there were just so many of them yeah. The yeah, best action the game was just like Battlefield, Doom, Gears, Overwatch, Titanfall. There was not even room for like a second type of game in that category, um, which is a shame. 
you almost needed a best adventure <laughs> game or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, so hard to argue with that pick. Um, and speaking of Naughty Dog, PSX just happened to, is happening this weekend, and we saw a trailer for The Last of Us Part Two, um, which we have to talk about uh, next week on the show, and we'll get into um, Sandy what you were talking about with uh, Marvel versus Capcom. But we've got to get on to homework very quickly, and then end the episode because this has been too long this week. And uh, we got to. <laughs> Don't get worry, out of here, I so. went out of my way to make this real quick for you guys. We're passionate. <laughs> It's going to be a short uh, homework section. Notice we didn't make it the main topic this week. Uh, Homework sports games. What did you play? I'll just. I'm just going to. What did you say you were going to play? Yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to dive right into this. So I had uh, originally planned on playing uh, Hot Shots Tennis that had been uh, sort of like upresed for PlayStation Four, and with my travels and honestly my obsession with other games, I. did not do my homework. My dog ate it. Right? That's what oh. I'm supposed to say. Boo. Yep. Yeah, your dog Boo. ate it. My dog, my dog ate it. You my spilled homework. coffee on it. Yeah, I spilled coffee on it. My dog <laughs> ate it. Uh, death in the family. And then you spilled coffee on your dog, uh, and then your yeah. dog ate another dog ate your dog. Exactly. Yep. 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 <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> dun dun. All right. Um, I played Mario Golf. It is a fucking golf game. I mean, (laughs) here's what I'll say. I was surprised at the level of depth that it'll let you get into. It's actually closer to an EA golfing like Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy because Tiger Woods isn't cool anymore, I guess, simulator than I thought. Like, there's actually putting. There's actually uh, the green sloping. There's actually... um, you know, choosing your clubs and having things like wind and stuff affect it. Um, but it is wrapped up in a Mario shell and, um, it's good. It's just not particularly, um, you know, there's not like a story campaign. You just kind of play around, you get a handicap, then you play again and you're done. Does it Uh, feel traditional Mario? Like, like, does it, does it It give you all the Mario, you know, ooey gooey feelings that you want yeah mario's great in it and uh there's you earn coins yeah nice sounds like a mario game (laughs) sorry i was was reading the skype chat um yeah uh so yeah i think it's it's fine that's my review (laughs) it's fine (laughs) If you like golf games and you like Mario, you should definitely buy it. It's awesome on 3DS. Uh, it totally passes time. I was playing more Pokemon than it, uh, but I probably spent five hours with the Mario golf game, which I feel like is a long time, and um, had a pretty good match. And I didn't, I didn't like that I was playing with my, I played as my me character, which I never felt like has been a good approximation of me. And he's got a really annoying voice. He goes, ho, 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 every time he gets a, a birdie so the whole game i uh, i took a video it wouldn't be a pixels weekly um episode unless it was me sharing a piece of media that none of you guys can see um but i i will play you the audio of this video so you get a uh, a sense of it here's me winning a trophy Ha <laughs> ha! 
That's Wario, Mario, and me going, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and they do not stop, huh? <laughs> yeah. God. Stop. They're, they're happy. They're friends. Best yeah. friends. And that's just all of us waving as like uh, confetti falls. Uh, I came in first place because I'm a first place golf boy. All right. nice. Good. Sandy. I played NBA 2K16 and I hated it. I hate it. If you're into <laughs> sports and basketball, you'll sports. probably hate it too. I mean, at yeah. least this, she's not trying to sell it to us. You lying. should pick up NBA 2K17 from what I hear because it's like NBA 2K9, but I really don't care about that. Okay. Because sports. <laughs> like, oh. I wish I'd play a Madden game over this because I wanted to kill myself. I'm like, oh my God, Spike Lee, like, I get it. You're a movie guy, but... This is so dumb. <laughs> okay, Yannick. So I have played UFC two, and um, I'm I'm I, I I'm actually zipping back the return uh, envelope live on the show. To, oh, because uh, you get through GameFly. Thank you, GameFly. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were saying you were returning it to the store. It was so bad. Sealing <laughs> the envelope right here, live on the show. Boop. Uh, no, I mean I'm, I'm a little bit too harsh. The game has some depth. If you love UFC, there's a lot for you to do. There's a lot for you to master. Just like a lot of EA Sports games, you need to know about the sports you're playing. It's a simulation. I was expecting much more of a fighting fun, Street Fighter style, fast, pa- you know, a faster pace. But it's really you have to handle the 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 opponent's uh, weaknesses and and then their damages throughout the fight. You have to manage your energy bar. You have to manage, you know, so you have to defense, offense. It's it's, it's a dance. It's a dance that I was not having the energy to master. And I was stuck in a career that didn't seem like many EA sports game again. Didn't seem to have any storytelling. And I was just not able to beat the first guy that was presented to me. So I guess, you know, it didn't. <laughs> so, it kept on asking me to go back to the training ground and come back and fight again. And it was only the same fight with the same dude with the same haircut. I was like, good <sighs> for you. I, I, I just, it, there's many, but there's many things. When I, when I went and got Conor McGregor and play at the garden, there's a really well done animations. It, you know, it's like reality. It's like Conor real McGregor. life. Well, because I was about to say, McGregor. when I'm picturing this game, I'm the only like, similar games i probably played was like way back in like the mid late 90s with like the wrestling games back then so i'm just picturing your character just moving at the pace of like a 90 year old man with back problems and like and like (laughs) blindly reaching out and grabbing at air while like the person you're trying to fight like rotates around you and then just like taking like a kick to the face at some point and you know how like some yeah, game, like the design game you were decide... looking for is called Street Fighter. It is I know. Street Fighter. <laughs> I wanted to give this one a shot. It looked like because people that do the trailer know how to play that game. But it felt to me that every time I wanted to hit, I was like, oh, come on. You don't have that reach like T-Rex ants. Is that what you got right now? <laughs> and, well, yeah, it's uh, like no one wants to play a fighting video game where the hitbox is realistic. Like yeah. the whole point of like a game where you fight other things is to like 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 reach out in the air and like get a headshot the, the only good thing the positive thing if you love yeah. ufc go pick it up because you can replay the tournaments the recent pay-per-view events that have happened in the last month oh that's cool so i was able to replay all the fights of the madison square garden where conor mcgregor was one of the main event i can't remember it was november 19th i think so that's really cool all official all licenses all best fighters i guess and many many categories you know from heavyweight to uh 
what was the lighter? St- uh, it was like I, yeah, I, I featherweight, like flyweight. Yeah. Fly but if, if you if you win the event with the person that didn't actually win, you break the space time continuum and everything blows uh, up. Yeah, and, and, then, <laughs> nice. and then and then uh, Half Life Three comes. Oh, out. and also uh, Mario Golf, you earn coins and then you can buy golf clothes for your me and look even more like a doofus than you start like, off. You with. look look at you trying to sell it more than my no. UFC. <laughs> also, we don't start a show with a showstopper, which is why Tyler's here, because he's going to give us our homework for the yes. month of December. First of all, before we go on to this homework, I just want to apologize that we even considered sports as a genre of game that we should put into this hat. We will never do that again, certainly not next year. Um, okay, but survival games is what we already picked. Tyler is c- kind of a survival game expert. That's why you've said seven words this entire show except for now <laughs> i hope uh tell us you have made us a list i made a list i'm just going to assume you will take all the names put them into a hat and then randomly pick them or pick oh, them no. yourself i would I don't love know how you, you do to, it i'd love you to assign them tyler assign you assign them, them. Well, yes. i have assignments should right i read now. off the list first i should no just, did just you tell wait, them. did you check the list twice uh i checked the list twice i found out you're naughty sandy's oh. pretty nice okay (laughs) all right and let's go on with the list (laughs) uh the list of games is dark wood rust subnautica seven days to die ark sir you are being hunted there's like 10 games on this list i know that's what i thought maybe you would pick them oh considering i I think we should do live assignments from tyler yeah right here so pick yes, the, what I think the best of this is for each person. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Wait. Do, um, do each of us before before he does this? Do we want to say what kind of games we like to play, or just? No, I think it's blind. No. Let him. Let him. But my favorite part is that Tyler's buying all these games for us. Thanks. Oh, Tyler. am I? Yeah. He does. Yeah. Oh. He he mm-hmm. told us Jesus. that right before he got on the phone call. I remember that. Yeah. Wait, oh, my what? wallet. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll start with Ryan. Ryan, I'm going to give you a game called Darkwood. Darkwood. Okay. How much um, is this game? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Not not it's not a full price game. A lot of the games on this list are indie games. Nice. Most of them are early access. Nice. Okay. Um, can I give Davis Resident Evil One? Yes. Oh and my you have. god. Yes, you absolutely <laughs> should. All right, then I'm going to do that. Oh poor Davis. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Davis's face. You asked for the blind assignment. <laughs> this is great. Keep going, Tyler. Uh-huh. Does that does that include the Resident Evil One HD remaster that you can play? Uh, on PS4? Specifically, I have Resident Evil One HD written down on my list. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I'd like to give Yannick, sir. You are being hunted. Ooh, I okay. like that. It sounds like it could no be something that a French is. person would say. I'm googling <laughs> this game right now. And I'm going to give Sandy The Long Dark. I'll take it. <laughs> you are good. Cause you like have you to. have a choice. <laughs> if this I don't have a choice, no idea. one has a choice. <laughs> I picked the games off this list that I think you guys will actually probably enjoy. The better ones on the list. Nice. Cool. Thank you. I'm so Looking excited for Resident Evil to be in homework once again. I'm so excited that Davis is playing it. <laughs> um, oh, tank controls, oh. bud. Um, Thank you, so, so I'm yes. watching, uh, no spoilers, because i got a couple episodes left, so I'm watching Stranger Things now. And uh, yeah. I just don't like being scared. I've, I've really, really confirmed the fact that I don't like being scared. So thank you, Tyler. 
You're welcome. <laughs> Continuing to make me do things that I do not like to do. Uh, to get out of your comfort zone. You know what, Tyler? Oh, I was me. worried about this, but I do think you've got... I, I recognize that you feel confident in these picks, and you gave none of us rust, which I deeply appreciate. It was on the list, but I decided not to use it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, well, Tyler, you know, we'll have you back in, what do we have, two weeks, three weeks to check in this homework? Oh, he's our teacher now. Oof. Yeah. So we'll check in the homework, and we'll have Tyler. Wait a minute. Tyler, have you played all these games? Um, No, I haven't, which is all good right, because now I'll know too. if I want to play them. You have to play all You have all to play of all of them. them. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I think, can my bank I think account play should, all these games? We should convince Tyler to pick our game, and the game he picks to play is the one who wins the homework. Tyler, Tyler just goes, Tyler just goes wait, wait, wait. Now I'm going to change the multi-games that I own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We got to go. Thank you, Tyler, for choosing these games for us. Horror, uh, not horror games, survival games. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> Resident know. Evil's not that scary, Davis. You'll be fine. Um, and we'll have you back when it's time to check in this homework. Next week, we will be back on our regularly scheduled time. Uh, you can listen to every episode for free at pixelsweekly.com. You can leave us a rating, a review, or tell a friend. That's the biggest thing to do. And uh, it's the holiday season, so... Uh, go play some video games instead of listening to us. And until next time. Aloha. Au revoir. See you later. And we'll see you next. Wait, Tyler, you didn't say goodbye. Sayonara. Yay. <laughs> we'll see you.